Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm your Evan. Evan. I'm your Ronnie. Ronnie. Guys, now no one understands our positions. Anyway. As host and and not host. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. Uh, We are currently talking about Selfie, but before we get into that nonsense... I've been watching a YouTube video of Travis McElroy speaking at the Ohio Media School, uh, Columbus campus. He gave a lecture there uh, a few months ago. I know this video. This is a good video. It was a really great video, and I felt like really encouraged by it. Uh, he was discussing how, you know, with podcasts, the first thing you want to get is a conversation you don't mind having. And then the second thing you need to get is people you don't mind talking to nonstop. And I was just like, damn, like, I got that. Like, Mm -hmm. I have my fiance, I got my best friend, and I love television. And even though I might not currently love the show we're discussing, I love that we do this every week. And I feel real blessed by it. Boo, that wasn't funny. It wasn't funny, but I appreciate the, the few listeners we have. Shout out to Sir Nee, our Night Defender, and uh, everyone else. Droid. Yeah, Jonk, our Gonk Droid, and everyone else out there. And, like, I love doing the show with you, too. Is, is this what happens after the one time that I leave you angrily ranting at the audience in the previous episode? Is that you come back and be like, hey, I didn't mean any of that. You guys are <laughs> awesome. No, I mean, screw our audience for not emailing <laughs> us enough and interacting with us on, on the Twitter and stuff you know the twitinator the twitinator guys like i want to interact with y'all more but just i wanted to say that i love you too oh that's sweet that's a sweet way to kind of start off the new year even though it's it's been we've been in the new year for a little bit i guess well this is probably our last episode because i don't think i can get through more selfie but mm, um we gotta uh, we committed Anyway, half hour uh, episode. If you guys want to take like five minutes and say some really nice stuff about me or about Travis McElroy, uh, now's your time. I feel Travis, like we've, Travis we've, is great. Love Travis. I feel like we've talked about the McElroys at least four or five times on this podcast. Well, then maybe oh. just talk about how much you guys appreciate me. Um, you have a cute face, Aww. and um, you're you're pretty good at some stuff. I'll take it. Yeah. That works. I'm, I'm going to stick to my to my main point. Travis McElroy's a great dude. Love that Travis McElroy guy. In, um, in, in case you didn't catch that, this is my, my best friend and my fiance. So thanks, guys. I feel real uplifted. <laughs> I mean, I you, mean locked I, me, you locked me in. So, like, I don't know. You've, you've got, you've, you peaked. You hit the best that you could get. Everything yeah. that you've ever wanted is right here. I don't know what more you want from me. Oh. Um, you guys anyway, let's, let's talk, talk about this garbage yeah, television show. The show. All right. I mean, I I would posit that these three were slightly better than the last three. I Do would as bit, well. I know. I'm, Do I, your bit. I'm leading in. I'm leading in. In episode four. We're covering episodes four, five, and six. Four, five, and six. Of Selfie. It's on Hulu. Yeah. In episode four, Eliza has to watch Charmonique's son while he, or while she goes to a school reunion. In episode five, uh, Henry, it's Henry, right? John Cho's yep. character. Henry 
gets invited to their boss's vacation house, and Eliza comes along, and it's it's a riot, or whatever, and um, and then in episode six, they're trying to set Henry up with the barista girl who's also Asian. It's really easy to like synopsis yeah, no, the show. I, I'm actually really happy about it. I don't have to think about it at all. There's only like one thing that happens in each episode, right, right. and everything else just kind of uh, falls on top of it. It's just right. noise. Yeah. There, yeah. There's some there's some subplots, and even the episodes that I enjoyed that I really just don't care about at all. <laughs> um, but let's not let's not dwell on the negative quite yet. Let's focus on that positive, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. What uh, about these episodes worked for you? I think episode five was like probably the best of the bunch so far because um, everyone didn't just shit on Eliza the whole time. Yeah, which was nice. Like uh, it was. Um, I in my notes I put like when when Henry was like, "You were clearly invited as my plus one," and she was like, "Excuse you, I'm the top performing salesperson at this company. Like, why wouldn't I get invited?" I was like, ooh, Henry's sexist. He's going to get shown up. And then they turn up, and her boss is like, oh, yeah, and Henry's plus one. And I was like, oh, shit, her boss is sexist, too. But uh, throughout the remainder of the episode, everybody was generally, like, treating Eliza like a regular person. Like, oh, yeah, the things you like to do are fun, and we are going to do those things with you. And uh, Henry actually is a wet blanket, and... uh, He's being real annoying, so let's do all the stuff Eliza wants to do, because that's the fun stuff that we enjoy doing in our leisure time like regular people. It was very clear that, like, they enjoy her as a person, even if they don't necessarily appreciate some of the shenanigans she does at work. Mm -hmm. It's clear that she's pretty well-liked. Yeah. Which they did not show in other episodes. Um, Also, I feel like in episodes one through three, it sort of felt like... Henry was the lens that you were supposed to be viewing Eliza through. Like, you were supposed to be thinking, like, Eliza's a shitty person. But I think in episodes five and six, it becomes a little bit clearer that, in general, people actually do like Eliza, and um, Henry is kind of annoying. And so it, bal- it, it makes that thing work better where they're supposed to be, like equally problematic and equally like talented in different ways and they're like a foil for each other but that which totally did not work in episodes one through three so it's i'm getting that a little bit i'm getting a little bit that henry's kind of an unreliable narrator when it comes to criticizing eliza like we're we're not necessarily supposed to identify with his opinions on her um, and then in episode four, there was one bit that was real funny where uh, Charminique is like, I, I can't get a babysitter. My babysitter is sick. And Eliza's just like, oh, too bad. And then Charminique's like, if only someone were available to watch my son it looks like i won't be able to go to the thing now at all and eliza's like yep looks that way and like the expectation is that she's gonna volunteer to watch him and she just does like it does not even occur to her even though charmonique is dropping hints pretty hard and that was that was a funny bit that was a great bit she Mm -hmm. was just totally oblivious but um 
Yeah, that was that was the funny bit. The rest of the episode was kind of meh. Yeah. But uh, let's let's do Andy next. Andy. Andy. Um. So I gotta start off by saying the entire time Evan was talking about the bits he liked, I was looking at my phone. So um, clearly I've not learned anything from the show, and if I repeat a no. bit that Evan liked, just cut it in post. Sure. Um. You're such a such a Liza Dooley. Yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, the only part I liked about episode four, besides, um, I did catch the talent of Evan saying the bit about the babysitter, is when Charmonique is talking to the priest at one point, she's like, I need to check on my son. And he's like, make sure you also check in on the son of God. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, I like died laughing. Um, that was really funny, mostly because every pastor I know would say that shit. Like, that that was spot on. I liked episodes five and six quite a bit, actually. Uh, I saw a huge jump in quality with those ones. Um, I continue to love the CEO. Uh, I never thought I'd see Friar Tuck in a Speedo, and I saw Friar Tuck in a Speedo. That was just, like, that whole episode, he was hilarious to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I laughed quite a bit at him. Um... The whole bit about like the lake and like Sulu jumping in it naked, like that was that was pretty funny. Um, Eliza was much more likable in these two episodes, and not just from like a viewer perspective, but also the other characters were like a lot nicer to her, so that was cool. Um, with episode six, I really loved the bit where John Cho was like, "Look." I pull all right, like, just because you two don't know about it and I don't, like, talk about it at work doesn't mean that I don't do all right for myself. And I was just, like, damn straight because, one, coworkers trying to set you up is the fucking worst. If that's ever happened to you, you know how terrible that is. Two, um, it's super unprofessional for them to do that, too. Like, I'm sure he could talk to HR and get them in trouble. Or something like you don't do that to your coworkers. And three, I agree with John Cho. Just because he doesn't talk about his personal life at work doesn't mean that he's not pulling okay. And he was spitting mad game with the Uber girl at the end, and Eliza was still trying to like coach him, and he's just like, "Stop! No! Like I got this! I fucking got it!" And he did. He did have it. He was doing great. He was spitting some mad game. I don't know if I'd call that mad game. That was mad game. Yeah, there was a, there was a deep sensual tension between the two of them. I mean, he was succeeding, but I don't know if I'd call it mad game. Oh, I'd call it mad game. He was playing up the whole awkward dude angle really well. <laughs> John Cho had it. <laughs> he he was playing. Okay. He was yeah. playing a specific card, and it was working for him. Working for him, great, like a champ. I think he I think he kind of stepped in shit a little bit. Um, no, he was flying that well, ship I, as well as Sulu flies the Enterprise. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, the I think the last positive I'm going to say, uh, and I'm sure I'm going to randomly remember shit as Ronnie's talking, um, is I would watch an entire show of Henry Higgins. Is that his name? Henry Higgs. Oh, damn, I was close. I would watch an entire show of Henry Higgs talking to inanimate objects. I don't know if that was, like, just something that John Cho, like, is improv or I don't know if that was written for him in the script, 
but I delight every time this dude talks to inanimate objects around his house and around his office and around the, like, camp lodge and, like, anytime he's just, like, by himself, he just starts talking to inanimate objects and I find it delightful. Yeah. I think we're supposed to assume that he's, like, lonely and that's why he's doing it, but he has more charisma with, like, the boots and his salads than he does <laughs> with most characters. The three-hole punch. Right. <laughs> and, uh, like, his spatula. And, mm-hmm. like, I love it. It cracks me up every single time. I like, I, and, and we'll get into more what I like, but, like, playing off that point, I like befuddled uh, Henry Higgs. Just, like, when he's, like, when the all of the paper, like, dots fall out of the, the hole punch. And he's just like, where did where did this even come from? I don't even use this. Like he's like not upset. He's just like mesmerized by it. And it's <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah, he he's just really really. Uh, I think he has great comedic timing. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason why I like him talking to inanimate objects is uh, John Cho is just kind of like allowed to soak in that moment, and he doesn't have to kind of like dodge around. Karen Gillan's really high energy as Eliza. And I think a lot of the times where he has scenes with Karen, she's kind of the one who is um, playing the funny man and he's playing like the straight edge. And when it's just him by himself, he's allowed to be funny instead of like setting up Karen Gillan to be funny. Yeah. So I dig that. Uh, Also, um, the, the onesie karen gillen wore was fucking hilarious when she's just like in this unicorn onesie and like choking herself with it and then she falls off the bed that was a really funny bit as well good job show Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm anyway ronnie uh what did you like um with this episode we talked a little bit last time about how we had a uh a couple of grading characters um whether it was you know uh, it's, it's a negative for me that we didn't see any more of the Twee Book Club, uh, but I know that not others share that opinion. But we had, you know, the Book Club and Larry and Joan all back to back to back, and that was real rough. But in this chain of episodes, we had some Charmonique and Sam, the CEO-centric episodes, and that was just a joy. Uh, they I were liked, great. Yeah, I liked focusing on them. Um, Kevin, Charmonique's son, he's great. He, he, he's he's not, like, the greatest actor, but, like, when Charmonique is leaving for the uh, for the reunion, it's just like, I'll see you later, Kevin. Get it. It's like, <laughs> nice, bedtime, Kevin. Bedtime Nuggets is, like, the f- the funniest thing of that episode for me. Yeah. It's like, did he oh, have yeah. his bedtime nuggets? <laughs> like that, that, that crying ADR, that, like, moaning, just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Was so was so good because it was so different from his voice and like so unexpected. I really liked Charmonique in that episode. Like I wanted to see so much of Charmonique um, because the way I thought about like she goes to this reunion and she's super into this guy and he appears to be into her and the redirect works really well like the misdirect. Um, I knew something and, was up with that scarf. That yeah, I was like yeah. nobody wears a scarf like that. Well, he he was poised as like you know as being kind of an eccentric dude, so I was like, oh okay, I get it, I get it. Um, but then it's like 
he's a reverend or a priest or something. Um, and like, if this was Eliza, if Eliza was in that situation, the show would expect her to like, well, I've got to become a godly woman because this is the guy that I want. But like, Charmaine's just like, nah, I don't need you. I'm gonna go dance and I'm have a good time and my life's fine without you. And I was it, like, it Get almost your felt Charmaine. It almost felt like a backdoor pilot to like a Charmaine yes. sitcom, yes. which. I would have watched. Yeah. Uh, like that actress is like really commanding when she's on screen. Like she holds a scene, and uh, like her her timing with with comedy is she's real funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And, and playing off of that, even though it was like like you said, for bad reasons, trying to set up uh, Henry Higgs on a date. I loved like the Eliza Sharmanique team up. Of like them sneaking around together and making plans and trying to figure stuff out. Like they, their chemistry together is really nice. Um, you, you don't, we didn't see a whole lot of that in episode four, but we did get a lot more in episode six, and I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I I liked episode five. Like I think that was I know we we're talking about how that was like a turning point and like things started to get good after that, but I really liked that episode. Like I have a note here where it's like. Are we tiptoeing into this being a feminist show? Are we are we dipping our toes in that water? And like we never fully, you know, unlike uh, Henry Higgs, we never fully jump into the uh, to the environmentally protected the le- lake, the leech lake, the leech lake. Um, by the like, he's got a leech on his neck, and Sam, the CEO, knows he's got a leech on his neck, and th- there's leeches in that lake. And then Sam jumps in the lake anyway. It's like that man's reckless, <laughs> wild and free. I love it. I mean, he um, could just turn intangible with his Martian Manhunter powers. Sure, so. as, as he does. Also, uh, leeches are gross, but they're not particularly harmful. Like, they're not, unless you've got, like, 500 of them on you. you they killed act. Robin Hood. What? Leeches killed Robin Hood. Really? Literally, what are you talking about? In the uh, Robert Pyle, The Merry Adventures of Robin Hood, Robin gets ill, and he goes to see a nun, and she's like, oh, you got bad blood in you. you. Like, we gotta, like, bleed you. And, like, he fucking dies. There's a Robin well, Hood story where Robin Hood dies? Not a Robin Hood story. The Robin Hood story. Like, that is the book, uh, the collection of legends that every Robin Hood thing is based on. Robin Hood dies in the end? Yes. Every good Robin Hood story kills him in the end because that's what happened in the book. Oh. Um, also, like, if, if you're already like fucking dying and they take blood out of you then no wonder you're gonna fucking die i literally don't trust doctors because i read robin hood at an impressionable age you know doctors don't like currently carry leeches with them yeah but they're still wrong about everything and they still killed robin hood (laughs) also nuns aren't doctors they used to be (laughs) i'm trying i'm i'm trying to grapple over here with the fact that when you said that for a second, and way longer than a second, I was like, well, he means, like, the, you know, the factual Robin Hood. Like, the, the Robin Hood in real life on whom Robin Hood was based. Um, which, you know, that probably wasn't a thing. There probably wasn't ever a real Robin Hood. Uh, there have been multiple, like, historical people found with the name Robin Hood. So, like, shitty criminals back in the Middle Ages just started using that name. So, mm. we don't know if the legend came before like one of them and like it just became like a moniker you used when you were a shitty pickpocket and you got arrested and were like oh well, i'm robin hood 
or if like one of them was the first. We're we're getting way on a tangent here. Back to yeah. Back, back to, to selfie. Yeah. Back to what I enjoyed. Um, yeah, like Eliza goes on. I kind of diagrammed the episode a little bit to help me understand episode five. Um, he wrote a diagram. A little bit. You're so um, invested, Ronnie. I respect that. She goes on like a whole, um, you know, discussion about how she's not a dude in a suit. So how could she possibly get invited to this thing? Um, how she's not a plus one. She's never been a plus one. She has, and she lists off all these parties, which she has never been a plus one to. Of course, that is like capped off by her being like called a plus one, um, which I understand like, you know, works because she said the word plus one about 17,000 times. Um, but you would never say like, oh, and this is your plus one. Like he knows who she is. Um, she, and like, to which point, like she could say like, you know what? screw this like i don't i don't need this um which what's kind of like i don't know is she decides to stay because like she can get like a facial and a massage and unicorn pajamas which is like oh cool lady stuff that ladies like um, uh i didn't quite that get that impression no. uh, i was under the impression that she stayed because henry was like please please stay please stay please stay hmm. Please look at all this nice. Please stay. And like the nice stuff wasn't really the incentive. She was just like, yeah. fine, I guess I'll do the nice stuff since I'm here with you anyway. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That And that makes me feel better about this episode as a whole. So that that's helpful. Um, and what I really liked, and you guys wouldn't have picked up on it. Um, the line that he says at the end of episode five, when she's like, you worship me, just say it like you love me. He says, I have grown accustomed to your face which is a song from My Fair Lady. There's and a song I, called I've Grown Accustomed to Your Face. It is. There is a song called I Have Grown Accustomed to Your Face. I might actually, you know what? I'm going to play a clip of it right here. Just a, just a short segment. Damn, 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 damn. I've grown accustomed to her face. She almost makes the day begin. All right, um, so we'll just react to it right now. Tune, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. No, no we're not. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a terrible song. Like it's it's the you know uh-huh. in the in the show, Eliza leaves um, Henry Higgins because he's he's awful. He's a jerk. He's he's terrible the whole time. Um, and this is like him coming to terms with the fact that like oh, I miss her. Like this isn't great. Like I I, I like having her around. But then he launches into the fact that, like, oh, well, she'll never do better than me. And if she comes wandering back in here, like, she's not getting any of this again. It's a point at which the audience in full turns on Henry Higgins. Like, and realizes, like, oh, Eliza's definitely been the best part of this dynamic the entire time. And he is just completely unaware of, like, how ridiculous it is. Um, and it it's nice to see that it taking a bit of a sweeter connotation here in selfie um, where that's just like, it fits with the way John Cho talks and acts. He's just like that. That's very logical. Like I have grown accustomed to your face. Your face is a part of my life and it, it is certainly a part of my life. Um, But I just, I liked having that little reference, that little referential uh, bit in there to, to, to the, uh, to the subject matter. His apartment also just, throwing that out there is or his house i guess is amazing 
Yeah. I want all those globes and shit. A lot of leather and hardwood and He's got a good aesthetic. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh even in his office, like he's got like a, a decent well, let's go ahead to Andy this time. Hey Ronnie. Andy, what didn't work about these episodes for you? Uh it's still selfie. It's still selfie. It so, has not changed shape or form. So, like, while it's getting better, they're still kind of shitting on Eliza for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. So, they're still yelling at her for texting. They're still yelling at her for, you know, like, taking selfies or using Snapchat or, like, Instagramming pictures of food. Like, they're shitting on her for all the wrong reasons. And... As far as episodes four and five, I don't think she did anything outrageously terrible or, like, worthy of being shit on. Um, Episode six, like, she definitely overstepped, I felt like, in trying to, like, romantically set up her her friend slash co-worker. Like, that's not cool. That's not okay. Um... And, like, she was rightfully called on it at the end. Uh, but I, I I still don't like all of the reasons why this show seems to think Eliza is terrible. Um, because she was terrible for different reasons. And that's not what the show ever had an issue with. Um, there's still some, like, awkward acting out of certain characters or, or actors um you were right the kid playing uh Charmonique's son wasn't the best actor uh he was all right and he he got some like decent lines which was cool the character was pretty funny but yeah. uh, but he was not the character was not aided at all and i mean the, the actor's a kid so yeah. you gotta like cut him slack a- but... any kid actor is you know you gotta grade him on a curve uh they can't all be the kids from game of thrones but yeah, I don't know if I have like anything to really point out and say like this was shitty. Uh, overall, I do think that the the episodes had like uh, a solid curve, and uh, this could be the turning point where you know next week we'll be like, oh yeah, the show's great now. Like like we're headed we're headed up. This was a huge step up from the first week, but um, there was still kind of that awkward the show looks down on Eliza for the wrong reasons. And that was still pretty prevalent, uh, in, in these three episodes. Um, Evan, what didn't work for you? Um, in episode six, I didn't quite get this. Like think Charmonique was like, uh, whenever I see something happening, I got to block it. Meaning like she has to like, you know, she was talking about like, somebody flirted with her or something and she immediately reflexively blocked them on whatever social media platform she was using and like this was kind of like a weird refrain for the episode like ah, i'm gonna block it and then like at the end when uh when henry was like awkward flirting with the uber girl and got in the car with her and then charmonique was like running after the car like the implication being that she was gonna like say something to like ruin it or what i i just didn't like get that 
like character trait that they seem to be i was like what is this what does that mean like what it well i assumed it was like like cock blocking or um i I don't know if women use the term pussy blocking i've heard that i don't know if that's a thing i don't know if that's just something like douchebag guys say about anyway but it had nothing to do with anything is what i mean well i feel like she was trying to block john show from from the sex, the casual sex that he was about to have. But she was part of the team trying to set him up. I, well, he, it was a total one eighty for her to go. I'm gonna block this. Yeah, like that's well, what I mean. Yeah, like I, it. No, I understand what like she literally means. Like I'm going okay. to interfere with these people having their their, their casual moments. sex. Yeah, but um, like, but it was just very like it didn't seem to make any sense. She was on the squad trying to get him get him laid and then she was like wait i gotta fuck it up um so i i don't know what like that that was not a good episode overall i don't feel like it was it was real annoying because um well first of all john cho's character was being real mean to that like barista like not even in like a clueless way just yeah he was just being real like they're socially awkward, and then he was just, like, being really rude to her. And I was like, that's not... I mean, I thought we were supposed to... I thought Eliza was supposed to be the rude one, and he was supposed to be, like, helping her. Like, I, I did giggle at the, you're going to throw off your inventory. Like, <laughs> as someone who works at Starbucks, that was really funny to me. Yeah, but he, like... That joke is for a very select audience, it seems. Yeah. It was really Bur- funny. The barista's in the audience. Tune in now. But um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so that didn't really seem to make sense with like his the character thing that they were going for with him. He's supposed to be like the polite, uh, like dignified, sort of more more socially adept one, I guess. Well, uh, can, can, I, can I jump in? Yeah. Um... He says later when uh, Nebula is like, she was flirting with you. He's like, I know, I wasn't interested. And so I do think that he was giving this barista like a colder shoulder than she deserved because he would have been mortified if he accidentally let her on. And so he knew she was hitting on but him. But he could just say and no was thank trying, you. Like, was trying very hard. Well, she she clearly kept flirting with him. She clearly kept giving him free shit. And it made him uncomfortable. I'll have to go and, back and look, but I did not get at all that he understood I, that she was. It was like the idea that like it occurred to him right then of like, oh, the cookie was a symbol of her sexual attraction. Like it, it, it just but, like popped into his head at that moment. When, when he's, like, headed towards the, the cab to leave, he's like, I wasn't interested in the cookie. And I, I think he says something along the lines of, and, like, I wasn't interested in her. Like, I, I like, I know, and I wasn't, I wasn't on board. I, I didn't, I mean. I, I mean, maybe, maybe I misinterpreted or misread, but I, I didn't see him being rude to the barista as him, like, being rude to a barista. I saw it as him, like shutting down someone's game and being like, look, like you're hitting on me every day. And like, I'm not like, this isn't something I'm signing up for. Also, I didn't get the impression that she was hitting on him every day. I, I, uh, like I, it seemed to me like this was a a kind of an out of the blue thing. And he just, anyway, uh, I mean, that's okay. The, the cookie's up for debate. Regardless, he was still real rude to her. Like he could have just been like, no, thank you. And left. Like, 
that that would have equally shut down the any flirtatious implications of the cookie. He could have just been like, no, thank you, and like walked away from the counter. I think what he should have done was put $20 in the tip jar and said, listen, I'm not interested, but you work really hard and you deserve this. Anyway, what I'm trying to say... Everyone should do that to their baristas, but you can <laughs> What I'm trying to say is he was being a douche. Like, even if she had flirted with him before and even if he wasn't interested... The way to say no isn't to be a dick about the cookie. It's just to be like, either say, "Look, I I know that you're like giving me this to be nice, but I'm I'm not, I'm not interested in whatever's going on here." Or to just be like, "No, thank you," and leave. Like he didn't have to like go out. Like he was really mean. Anyway, so that I didn't like. I didn't like that. The fact that Eliza was a plus one to the retreat and that she was invited there, the boss said specifically to throw Henry's like inadequacies into light and make him like loosen up was not cool. Like she was invited specifically to to aid in the dude's journey of like figuring out that he's uptight. Yet, like, they liked her the whole time. They were they were doing all the stuff she wanted to do and interacting with her as a person. But they set it up to say, like, that she was only there so that John Cho's character could prove himself and get promoted, basically. Right. I think it would have been really powerful if, like, she the whole plus one thing wasn't even a thing. And they were both like, like oh, I'm going to get the promotion. I'm going to get the promotion. They're just like... Well, we invited, you know, Henry because he's up for promotion. We invited you because we just think you're a lot of fun. Yeah. And, like, that would be just as crushing for her, but it wouldn't make her, like, like a tool to be used for, for Henry's gain kind of thing. Yeah. You explained that better than I did, but that's... I've got a lot of ideas on how to rewrite this show, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, my bits are done. Ronnie, Ronnie, what did, what did you dislike? I disliked, and I will agree, there are moments, but, Andy, I think you are, you are given Sulu, maybe just because he's Sulu, too much, of a, too, much of, too much credit. I thought he was insufferable in these episodes. Like, he has his, like, redemption moments at the end of the episodes where we're supposed to be like, oh, they, they're besties, like, everything's great. But, like, with how boring he was in episode five and how like just like aggressive he was in episode six i was just like i haven't heard henry is the worst like i i just like he i didn't really find eliza that unlikable in the first three episodes i know that she had done some done some shit um it could just every be opportunity that um well, i'm remarkably distracted by how attractive john cho is i mean he's he's a good looking man he's a good looking man um, but compared to like Eliza, he is given every single opportunity to like show everyone how cool he is and how great he is. And he squanders it all. Whereas like Eliza is given no credit and nobody wants to give her the time of day, but she's like, you know, great. And so like, it, it's just like such a, a, a frustrating conflict for me. Um, there, there's something especially, and this is one of the things that like bugs me about him is he always brings up like, Oh, why do you care about that? 
don't you know that there is insert tragedy here going on? It's oh, like, it's so obnoxious. It's, it's like you it's and, and that is so prevalent in in even culture today and society today where it's like you can care about more than one thing. Yeah. More than one thing can be important to you and you can prioritize them differently, but it can still take up the same amount of time in your brain. And it's not as if you don't care about anything else. Every, like It's happened at multiple times in this chain of episodes, and I think it happened once before in the past episodes. Like It is so frustrating because it is such a refrain from like anyone who wants to like, you know, divert attention away from like, oh, well, you care about that? Well, I care about these things. So clearly you don't have any say in anything because just it's so maddening yeah classic classic derailing tactic exactly exactly like, yes i know that x is less important than y but i can care about both x and y yeah i felt like episode six like i liked the team up of charmonique and, and eliza like i said i feel like the episode was just so nothing like i feel like there was nothing that happened yeah um it was it was just like such you know, it was very much with within the framework of your su- summaries, Evan. Where it was just like they did a thing, and the thing went wrong. Well, end of the episode. Friar Tuck got closer to. Freaks I and Geek. could not care less about <laughs> Terrence. It, every time Terrence is on the screen, he is he is my tweet book club. I cannot stand the look of him, and the sound of him, he, and the vibe of him. He's he is awful. a squirrely little dude. He's horrendous and it's maddening um that actor uh is involved with the movie trivia schmodown which is a a youtube channel where they they uh like do movie trivia and um so i kind of like that actor because he he he's into movie trivia and i'm into movie trivia and like i can like appreciate him for that Mm -hmm. but yeah his character on the show is uh that's and that's annoying and that's the thing. The actor does a fine job of whatever is supposed to be happening here. I just don't understand why we're, we're watching this, why we're spending. Because here's the thing. The episode was nothing. What a really, really funny moment of this episode was when John Cho walks into what's essentially going to be the speed dating set up by Charmonique and Eliza. And half of the girls look identical to Charmonique and half the girls look identical to Eliza. It's like that is a hilarious moment that like that if you funny. play that if you play that out and let that go of just like John Cho is like, you guys know what's going on here. And they're like, no, no, just hang out with this girl. Check out this. Just like if you let that run. It's hilarious, but John Cho just walks in and says, "You picked girls that look like you. I'm out of here." Just like and like completely undersold the joke because it's a half hour show and you don't have time to spend time on that. But we had time to worry about having lunch with with <laughs> Terrence. It's oh yeah, it's it's so that subplot was not well done. It, that's and that's what I'm talking about. The kind of things like I don't care. I don't care about Terrence My, and his life. My biggest problem with Tarrant is that he makes, uh, is it Sam? Yeah. It, Sam doesn't like Terrence, and so Sam becomes a different character when Terrence is around. Right. When Sam is this overly enthusiastic, bubbly, like, kind of eccentric CEO, he's fantastic. But right. when Terrence is there and Terrence is on screen, Sam is, like, kind of a curmudgeon a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that is not nearly as interesting a character. Right. And so that's my big problem with Terrence is that right. he drags the comedy from Sam down. And we're supposed to like 
that's supposed to be like the Achilles heel of of Sam is that like oh well he doesn't like his son-in-law so then we're supposed to find him unlikable and it's like no I don't like a son-in-law like I'm on team Sam here like yes yeah, Sam get this guy out of your company why is he here he's just kind of like a weird little dude yeah yeah just a weird little um, man I was, if I was, they had him really into movie trivia like I'd like him if he, more. his character was anything except for just like you know nipping at the heels of people who are more important than him that's all his character is Anyhow, uh, what else didn't work for you, Ronald? Um, so I know we talked about how Eliza didn't do anything terrible in these couple of episodes. Um, I will add that, again, playing into the idea of, like, the things that we should care about um, that Eliza does wrong, nobody, like, cares about. She did destroy $60,000 worth of property in Charmony's home um yeah. in her wig collection like i don't think that was that, just on her though that that was an accident to be like that that all she did was leave the door open well is what she said no if you if i mean she she said but if you look like the episode when she's trying to like fool everyone into thinking she's at a party she has all of her wigs out in like the living room well, yeah, but um, she said, like, I, I was under the impression that all of them were messed up because of the humidity control. Because when she, like, she didn't knock any of them over or get food in them or anything. Like, when she was right, right. using them, she didn't screw them up. She put them back and then just forgot to close the door. But it's a thing where, like, I don't know. Like, you're you're playing with somebody's $60,000 life and just like, oh, I'll be sure to put them back carefully. And it's just like, eh. You didn't like I know it's it's classic sitcom of like oh I did the thing and then the thing broke but like in a sitcom that would be the payoff would be like I can't believe you ruined my wigs but in selfie it's just like oh now Charmony has to look silly for the rest of her life like I it, it, I saw that as a group failure on uh, the child and um, pigs. Yeah. as well though like well, that wasn't yeah, just an eliza thing let's, that was let's a team make sure effort. we definitely spread some blame around to the eight-year-old that's that's a... well yeah he's eight <laughs> this was like 300 years ago he would have like killed his first deer by now or something sure sure and made nuggets um, out of him bedtime <laughs> nuggets but that's um, also john cho's fault though like right he was there he's an adult Hey, I he participated. as I've said, I, I can't stand John Cho, so yeah, it's totally his fault. Hey, um, hey, you can't stand the character. You take that back about John I, Cho. I do, I do. John Cho seems like a fine, upstanding gentleman. And there's moments where he's great, but I yeah. Henry Higgs is just like, ugh. <laughs> Evan. <laughs> uh yes, it, Ronnie. Is it is it is it working? I don't think the good bits in these episodes saved it. And he's back, by the way. I don't think the good bits in in these episodes could pull it out of the leech swamp lake that it is. Um, I still would not be watching it if I didn't have to. So I'm going to say no. Fair, fair. Andy. Hey, Ronnie. Is it working? Ooh, no. No, no, no. I would not recommend it to a friend. And I would have stopped watching uh, episodes ago. I would have given this up. Um, it's it was definitely an improvement from last week, and maybe next week will be another improvement. But so far, no, still not working. Ronnie, yes, is it working, Ronnie? Uh, not yet. Def definitely not yet. 
I am more hopeful this week than I was last week, though, for it to turn itself around. And we're running out of episodes. So like, I was, like, was going to say, if it's only good after six episodes, can you really argue that it's I good? Mean, I mean... There's a lot. I mean, it since it's a one ep- one season television show, I think it, it, you know, it needs to get better quick for our sake. But like, there's a lot of shows out there that like don't get real great until after six episodes. Well, no, like, well, but if the good. first episodes are like largely bad, I mean, I I get that like some some shows stumble a little bit, but you you've got even in the first episodes you've got to see some glimmers of what it may be. We I mean, have to time. give up the podcast though. Like we would never be able to do this podcast if we were just like, oh well, the show like sucked after four episodes, so like write it off. Like right, yeah. I, I, like I, the entire I, like the first season of Parks and Rec is like. The format is good and the concept is good, but the episodes are like pretty bad. Like, <laughs> it was they, trying like, so hard to be the office. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know if you guys have been into the Good Place at all. No, um, it's great. It's it's hilarious and wonderful. Um, I I guess I wouldn't say the first four or five episodes are bad, but it's like it's it's on selfie level of just like I get the concept, I get what you're trying to do here, but I'm just bored. And then immediately it just jumps up and like is is amazing and fascinating um there's i think there's a lot out there where like and and this could be have been one of those shows where like you know you look back after season two or three and it's like oh those first five episodes we really had growing pains um i will say like it's not a show where i'm like dying to watch the rest of the season but it is a show where like i'm like all right let me just see the next episode to see how it goes um which then just like snowballs into me watching every episode so i probably would um watch every episode even if it wasn't for ending pending but not because like i'm like excited about the season just because i'm like i just need to see if it gets better just let me let me try one more no not yet but there's a glimmer of hope okay i guess i'm gonna keep doing this um which is not a ringing endorsement um and that's why it's not working um And that's and that's and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> any, any housekeeping, Ronald? Um, no, no, no housekeeping this no week. Housekeeping. Um, so next week we are going to be. Oh, next week's the big one, guys. Oh, what's uh, happening next week? We're gonna be watching four episodes of Selfie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, episodes. So that'll be seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, next I, I, week i have a really great idea that would make it more bearable what's that what if we took some um some flies and instead of um watching selfie we burned the flies in some fire some fly fires oh, and we just watched gracious. that and like and talked about burning flies in fire next week I mean, instead of doing I mean, selfie technically we could do that Technically, that is a thing that, by We'd the bylaws of this podcast, it, we're allowed to do. We'd have to film it. Sure. Oh, and then also, watch. we should listen to some like shitty country music, and right. uh, maybe have some like spaceships. Right. I, I don't okay. see how well, the spaceships factor in. That seems like a non sequitur. There'd yeah. be fire. How- there'd be flies. There'd be country music, and there'd be spaceships. Each of these things individually, uh, cut out, cut I am out the totally spaceships, okay with. Cut out the spaceships, and I might be interested. 
Yeah, Western and spaceships. How could that possibly work together? We'd all have to wear brown coats. Oh, my goodness. All right, I, I, I get the gist. Everyone gets the gist. We're never doing Firefly.